your Bibles, hold it up real high. If you're watching at home, stand up out of your bed. Uh, that's right, get out. If you're at work in your cubicle, just stand up and act like you're stretching. <laughs> Say, this is God's Word. This is God's Word. Not Pastor Eben's Word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. It's always a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you for the spirit of God who you use to bring conviction, to bring uh, correction, to bring uh, strength, to bring insight, and to guide us in all truth. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for being a part of not only our service but thank you for imparting into us through this word. And I thank you, Lord, that as this word goes forth, as we apply it, signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow our lives. And so, Lord, I declare a visitation in our financial lives as we honor you in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, if you've been following us this year, uh, we're in a series called Let It Rain. Everybody say, Let It Rain. Now, I didn't say make it rain. Okay, I said let it rain. And this series is directly connected to our theme for 2024, which is a year of divine stewardship. Everybody say, a year of divine stewardship. And so our overall goal for the series is to learn how to properly manage our earthly resources so that we qualify for heaven's increase. I'm going to say that again. The whole purpose in our series is to help us properly manage our earthly resources so that we qualify. Everybody say qualify. So that we qualify for heaven's increase because faithfulness is one of the qualifiers for increase. Everybody say faithfulness is a qualifier for increase. It's not just about how much money you make. It's also about how much you properly manage. Say amen to that. So if you're taking notes today, as a matter of fact, if you need a set of notes, our ushers uh, have them in their hands now. Just raise your hand and they'll bring you a copy of today's notes. And so if you're taking notes or if you want to follow me uh, with the notes, then the message title is Managing for More. Everybody say Managing for More. And so the goal of today's message is to provide you with some biblical principles on the purpose and the power of financial management. And then I'm going to provide you with some practical practices that will take your stewardship to new levels. And so listen, the first part of today's message is going to be spiritual, but it's going to be biblical principles on how to be better financial stewards of your money. 
But then the second part of the message is going to be very practical. And I'm going to show you how to utilize some tools so that you can become a better faithful steward. Because what I know from experience is that God will only bless you with more if he can trust you with the little that you have. Amen. And so let's talk about this morning, the power of faithfulness. Everybody say the power of faithfulness. So let's start out by looking at some principles. And so uh, we're going to go to one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20. They're going to put it on the screen. And I love this verse. I'm reading out of the King James Version. It says, a faithful man. What kind of man? A faithful man, watch this, shall abound with what? Wow, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. Now, if you reverse that, it would say an unfaithful man shall not abound with blessings. And then it says, and he that makes haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Now, the word faithful there means firm. It means steady. It means reliable. It means constant. It means stable. I'm going to use the word consistent. How many single women in the house? Single women, single, single. That's what kind of man you want. You want a reliable, constant, consistent. You need a stable and firm man. Say amen to that. Amen. You want a faithful man. Listen to the New English translation of Proverbs 28, 20. It says, a faithful person will have an abundance of blessings. But the one who hastens to gain riches will not go unpunished. Listen to the easy to read version of the Bible. It says people who can be trusted will have many blessings. People who can be trusted can have many blessings. I asked the question on last week. I asked you the question, can God trust you with what he has entrusted to you? Because, see, trust is one of the things that's necessary for God to take us to new levels. Because once you're trusted by God, listen, church, he will do things for you that you can't do for yourself. First Timothy chapter one, verse 12, they're going to put it on the screen. And this verse doesn't have anything to do with financial management. But the reason I'm showing you this verse is to show you the power of faithfulness and what God can do when he, watch this, when he judges you faithful. Do you know that you can look like you're faithful in the eyes of people and may not be faithful in the eyes of God? Listen to 1 Timothy chapter 12. Paul was writing this to Timothy. And he says, you know, Timothy, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, because he has enabled me and that he's counted me faithful. Everybody say faithful. Jesus, Paul said, counted him faithful. And because of his faithfulness, watch what Jesus did. He put him in the ministry. See, you don't put yourself in ministry. Jesus puts you in ministry. Amen. Listen to the, the uh, amplified version of that verse. Paul said, I give thanks to him who has granted me the needed strength and made me able for this, Christ Jesus our Lord. Because he, Christ, has judged and counted me faithful and trustworthy. And because he's judged me, listen, as trustworthy and faithful, he's appointed, watch this, the stewardship of ministry to me. 
See, when God qualifies you and I as faithful, when he's able to judge us as trustworthy, he will do things for us that we can't do for ourselves. He will open doors up that you didn't even know exist. He will put things on people's hearts that you didn't even know he, you would, they were doing. And that's the criteria, listen, that he did for Paul. The criteria he used to judge Paul, to qualify him for ministry was twofold. He said Paul was faithful and he was trustworthy. And do you know those are the same criteria that Jesus used and God uses to judge us faithful to bring increase into our life? Say amen to that. Amen. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Here's another verse that talks about stewardship that I want to share with you. It's a common parable or a common verse that most of us have probably heard, but I want to point some things out to you. This was Jesus talking and he says, he that is faithful, the person that's trustworthy, the person that's dependable, the trust, the person that's steady in that which is little or least, they are also faithful, trustworthy, and dependent in also what? Much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in what? So listen, sometimes we're waiting for God to bring increase and bring more when he's judging us on how we're handed in the little that we have. And the sad thing about it is most of us feel like God should pity our situation. See, think about this. It's not God's fault that our budgets are short because we've mismanaged. And so what happens? We expect God to jump in and do a miracle, which by the way, let me remind you that we walk by faith and not by miracles. See, walking by faith is under my control. Walking by miracles is under God's control. We can't determine when a miracle is going to happen, but what I can do is use the faith that God's given me to change my life. Amen. So he said, he that's faithful or trustworthy over little is also faithful in much. So I want to do something. I don't know how this is going to come across, but I want to kind of demonstrate the keys to being faithful over little, because here's the thing. We want to jump to much. When we haven't really um, maximized the little. So I have here a packet of mustard seeds. Now, a few years ago, I passed out mustard seeds to the whole congregation. So y'all could see how small they are. That's why I don't know how this is going to work. But I have some mustard seeds up here. And uh, you can barely, look, this is probably about a hundred right here. Now, look how little. Y'all can't even see that. See that? See that? Uh, okay, let me tell you how to demonstrate it. If you have a pen, put a dot on your piece of paper right now. And that's how big a mustard seed is. But what's my point? This little bitty seed, when you do research on them, a mustard seed tree can grow six feet to 30 feet high. But watch this though. That tree will never, ever grow if I don't be faithful over the seed. If I don't put this seed in the ground, if I don't water the seed, 
If I don't care for the seed, if I don't protect the seed, if I don't fertilize the seed, that seed will never grow. And that's the mindset you and I have to have when it comes to managing our resources. Why? Because if we don't manage the little, then guess what happens? We don't qualify for the next level. So verse 11 says, if therefore you have not been faithful, watch what he says in unrighteous money. See, there's a such thing as righteous money and then unrighteous money. He says, if you haven't been faithful of unrighteous money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Watch verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Amen. On your job right now, here's my question. Do you earn what you make or do you take what you should have earned? I'm going to ask that question again. Touch your neighbor and say, if you go to napping, I'm going to go to slapping. Go on and tell them. (laughs) Do you earn what you make or do you take what you should have earned? Because he said, what's the next verse? No servant. uh, Verse 12 said, If we haven't been faithful over another man's. And so your job right now is just, watch this, protocol for God to see if he can trust you with your own business. Watch verse 12 or verse 13. No servant. Now he switched it to servant uh, communication here. He says, no servant can serve two masters. Listen to who the two masters are. But either he will hate one and love the other, or he will hold to one and despise the other. Listen to who the two masters are. You cannot serve God and mammon. So either God is going to be your master, or mammon is going to be your master. Amen. Listen to the amplified version of that verse. He said, he who is faithful in very little things is faithful also in much. And he who is dishonest and unjust in very little things is dishonest and unjust also in much. Watch verse 11. Therefore, if you touch your neighbor, say he's talking to you. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the case of unrighteous mammon, which is deceitful riches, money and possessions, who will entrust to you to you true riches? Last week, I said stewardship is learned, but faithfulness is earned. See, when God puts us in a position of stewardship, that's something we can learn about, which means that we can grow better at it. Verse 12 says, and if you have not proved faithful in that which belongs to another, whether it's God or man, who will give you that which is your own? That is the true riches. No servant is able to serve two what? Two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or who stand by one and be devoted to the other and despise the other. Then watch what he says. This is so good. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon, riches, or anything in which you trust and on which you rely. In other words, church, he's saying, you cannot trust your money and God at the same time. And that's the problem. We... Try to trust God and money at the same time. You say, well, how do I do that, Pastor? Because when we don't follow God's protocol, which Pastor Sharp said this morning, and God's principles when it comes to how he wants us to manage our money, then we're trusting 
the financial resources of the world. Because let me tell you something. God's riches and glory don't run out. But the world's riches and glory will. Amen. And see, somewhere in your faith walk, you're going to have to decide. Everybody say it's a decision. Yeah, you're going to have to decide. Watch this. That you're going to trust God over anything else. It's a decision. And until you make that decision, you're going to vacillate. And when you vacillate, you're unstable because vacillation shows that you have a double mind. And the Bible says, listen to me now. This is why your finances are bouncing around like a basketball on the NBA court. You know why? Because you are double-minded. And the Bible says a double-minded person is unstable. Watch this. In all of their ways. Not just in their financial ways, but in all of their ways. Amen. So somewhere you're going to have to learn to trust him over your bills. You're going to have to learn to trust him over your job. Trust him over your kids. Trust him over your circumstances. You got to learn to trust him because if not, the circumstances will cause you to be double-minded. See, sometimes when our kids get in trouble or something happens and uh, we didn't plan it. And so what we do, we use resources from one area that was needed for another area. Instead of saying, okay, God... uh, I'm going to trust you with this situation. If you got to cause me to go fishing, to catch a fish with some money in its mouth, I'm going to trust you to do that. Because see, if you don't, if you don't, you'll, you'll be double-minded. And, and here's the sad thing. We'll use that money over here to pay something over here. And now this area is short. And then the next thing you know, it just throws everything off. Haven't ever seen that before. Just throw it off, right? Amen. Well, I think what we have to do is make a decision. And there are some people in the room today and there are people watching me that are going to have to make a decision. And the decision is, you know what? I am going to trust God. You've trusted yourself this whole time and it's not working. So why not go ahead and just trust God? I mean, when we built this building and I was sitting down uh, in the meeting with the builders uh, to start construction. And when they did, when they when they came up with the final budget, we were a million dollars short. And I'm sitting in that, that meeting. I'm like, I ain't going to. Uh-uh. So I started thinking of ways to shrink this building to bring the cost down. And while I was sitting there thinking about shrinking it, a friend of mine texted me who's passed away now. And his text said this, and I quote, good day, soul brother. You can tell his nationality, can't you? <laughs> good day, soul brother. I saw your virtual presentation. See, because what I did when, when we were building this building, before we built it, I had someone to take the blueprints of the building and actually design a uh, virtual presentation. So y'all could go on there and y'all could see the building, see the inside and all that. He says, uh, I saw your virtual presentation. Your signature is all over that. And when I read his text while I was in the middle of this meeting, the Lord said, don't touch my building. And I don't know when it happened. But between when we started and between when we ended, a million dollars showed up. And I'm telling you, God will give you more along the way than what you started with. But you got, listen, you can't start in fear and end up in faith. You got to start in faith so you can end up in faith. Amen. 
So let's talk about some practices now to financial stewardship. How do you practice this? Because this is the piece right here that I think causes most people to get disqualified from financial increase from the Lord. See, the first healthy step, everybody say healthy step. Yeah, the first healthy step to financial practices is constructing and utilizing a budget. Now, I know I just cussed to some of y'all. You say, well, what's a budget, Pastor Evan? A budget is a financial plan that outlines a person's estimated income and their projected in, uh, expenses over a specific period of time. And what I like to use is a monthly budget. Now, the goal of a budget is to make sure that your expenses, watch this church, don't exceed your income. And it's also there to help you reach financial goals. And here's the reality of the matter. 95% of the people that I have met with in the past when it comes to financial matters, 95% of them did not have a budget. Boy, it was quiet. Can you say amen? Say say amen. Yeah. I didn't get one amen. I didn't even hear the cricket say amen up here. And see, honestly, and I'm not, I don't want you to do it, but if I were to ask you out there who are watching and you in the room, if I were to ask you to raise your hand to see if you had a budget and if you're using the budget, I would probably get very few hands. That's why I'm not going to do it. So before I dive into giving you an example of an actual budget, let me list some reasons why people don't have one. So just nudge the person next to you and say, he's about to talk to you right now. So here are reasons why people don't have budgets. Number one is because of lack of financial education. See, many of us were not properly educated growing up about the necessity of operating with a financial budget. We didn't get the financial education that was necessary. Number two, we don't have budgets. It's because we have a fear of confronting our finances. I mean, some people, they avoid the whole budget situation because it's creating discomfort or fear. They don't want to see that they got more bills than money. So the best thing to do is Don't even just avoid it altogether. Here's number three. Because most people have misconceptions when it comes to budgeting. In other words, people might perceive budgeting as a restrictive or complicated situation, not realizing that it's actually a tool for financial empowerment and freedom. Here's the fourth reason why people don't have budgets is because they have short-term thinking. In other words, the focus is on the immediate. And that's what happens. We let the immediate drive us not realizing that a budget will actually help you to plan long-term financial goals. Here's number five. A lot of people don't have budgets because they have an inconsistent income. You know, people in sales who are on commissions, you know, they fall into this category, which I'll give you some wisdom on that. But these are those who have irregular or undependable income. And so they find it challenging to even do a budget. Here's number six, procrastination. Oh, I'll get to it. I'm not going to say no more about that one. Number seven, here's the reason why people don't have a budget. Lack of goal planning or goal setting. Because without clear financial goals, we may not see the whole purpose and the power of budgeting. 
Because budgeting helps you to establish some goals that will provide you with, with motivation. Because let me tell you something. When you start achieving financial goals, it makes you feel good. Amen. Your kids talking about college don't stress you. Because you have a plan. Even if you don't have all the money, I'm talking to somebody right now. You might not have all the money right now, but you have a plan to get there. Here's another one, overconfidence or denial. Some individuals believe that they can manage their finances without a budget. Well, good luck on that, Johnny. <laughs> Here's number nine, difficulty in tracking expenses. This was big. I'm going to talk about this one in just a second. Most people don't have a budget because they don't know how to track the expenses with the budget. See, it's not just good enough to have a budget. Oh, yeah, I got a budget. But how do you keep your expenses tracked with the budget that you have? Amen. Because, see, back in the day, we used to use the envelope con uh, tactic. You know, you put cash in the envelope, and, and the envelope says gas, and you, your budget says, you know, you got $150 worth of gas. So you put $150 in the envelope, and every time you go to the gas pump, you take money out of that envelope. Well, we don't have envelopes no more. It's called a check card. How do you keep up with it? Here's the... The, well, here's one more reason that people don't have budgets is because of cultural or social influences. My mom didn't have a budget. My dad didn't have a budget. And if they did, they didn't teach me how to do it. Uh, we don't need a budget. You know, uh, society says just, just go with the flow. And then here's the last one. Most people don't have budgets because of lack of time. I'm too busy. I don't have enough time in my schedule to dedicate it to financial planning. So let's go to Proverbs 27, 23, because I want to talk about now the practices on having good financial planning and having a budget. Watch what Proverbs 27, 23 says. He says, I need you to be diligent to know the state of your flocks. And I want you to be diligent. To look well to your herds. Now, sheep and goats are one of the ways that back in the day, people used to manage their life. Listen to the NIRV version of that, and then I'm going to explain something to you. He says, be sure you know. Everybody be, everybody say, be sure. You know. Be sure you know how your flocks are doing. These are shepherds that he's talking about. Be careful to attend to your herds and watch verse 24. He connects money to it. He says, riches don't last forever. So you know what I did? I looked up what the average cost to purchase a sheep these days would have been. Cause I said, well, how much is a sheep? And uh, it said a sheep was no more than $250. Now, how many would receive $250 right now? If I gave it to you, how many would receive it? Would you be excited to receive it? I would think so. Now, let me ask you a question. How many would be, you know, excited to have $250 taken from you? Not too many excited people. Well, he said, look well to your herds. Having a budget is important because it's helping you, church, listen, to keep count of the money that you have coming in and the dollars you have going out. Because see, back then, if they were a shepherd, the reason that guy left the 99 sheep to go get that one, because that one was $250. You ain't going to just let those sheep run away if it's worth $250, would you? 
I'll be running, bah, bah, bah. I'll be, man, I'll be after that sheep. Why? Cause I'm losing $250 and a lot of us are losing $250 every month through waste because we ain't keeping up with our money. Amen. This is important because how would you know if you have more sheep leaving out than you have coming in if you don't have a budget? So let's talk about now the advantages of having a working budget. Because see, I believe, and normally I would do this in a seminar format, but I wouldn't get this many people in a, in a seminar. So I figured I, this is going to be a seminar. Look at your neighbor and say, this is a seminar. I thought I was going to church. This is a seminar. So let's talk very quickly about the advantages of having a working budget. And let me just say this. I have a budget. This church has a budget. Here's the first reason. is financial control. A budget helps you take charge of your finances. And it allows you to track your income and expenses. And helps you to make well-informed decisions about your spending and your savings. See, yesterday... Uh, first lady and I, I don't know how she got me to do it, but, uh, cause on Saturdays I normally hibernate like a bear at the house. But you know, I got, got my stuff together early, so she saw this shirt or sweater that she had liked. So I, I decided to go with her to the mall. Uh, so, so you know, I could be feedback and also, you know, I just go with her, right? So we go in the store and she sees some, and she saw some stuff. They brought her some stuff, uh, and man, it was nice, right? And so I said, I, I, I'll get that for you, baby. It's, it's going to throw me out of my budget this month, but I'll get that for you, right? Because, you know, we all, we each have our own money that we can spend, you know. I, and she said, oh, baby, you know how she is, so sweet. <laughs> I don't want you to, to go past your budget. I don't want to mess your budget up. And, I, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, baby, do I look stressed about it? See, because watch this now. Watch this now. This is a nugget. A budget is my God, not my God. Because see, if you don't watch it, when your budget becomes your God instead of your guide, when God speaks to you and say, I want you to bless so-and-so, if your budget is your God, you will not obey God because watch this, your budget is your God. Now, it didn't put me, what I, I bought it, it didn't put me in the red. Watch this. It just decreased how much money I'm saving this month. But I'm still going to save some. Praise the Lord. So the first one is financial control. Here's the second reason why you should have a budget is it helps you set goals. It provides a framework for financial goals to take place and allows you to allot resources to be able to do that. In other words, to start saving for vacation. So like I, we got a vacation coming up in March. It's already paid for. Because, you know, you, you, you set goals, you save. Here's the third reason why you should have a budget is for expense awareness. Because it, it lets you be aware of where your money is going. Here's number four is debt management. It, it aids you in managing and reducing debt. And it'll keep you from even getting more debt. Because if you're paying attention to what's coming in and what's going out, then you'll be reluctant to get more into debt. Say amen to that. I see so many people and they'll, they'll go buy a new car and not have a clue how much their budget can hold the car. 
So what they say is, well, God wants me to have a new car. And I'm not saying God don't, but God don't want you to struggle. Because eventually that car ain't going to be fun to drive. Here's number five, an emergency fund. A budget encourages savings for emergencies and for, you know, financial safety nets. And it, it helps you to, for things that's going to come up like medical bills or stuff like uh, home repairs or your auto broke down. Those things are going to happen because they're made by men. A budget will help help you. Here's number six, have peace of mind. Because knowing that you have a plan in place produces some peace. Say amen to that. Here's number seven. It will help you have financial discipline. Because following a budget instills financial discipline. It helps you to resist impulsive spending. And then here's number eight. It improves your decision making. It enables you to make decisions that will help you evaluate the bigger financial picture for your life. Here's number nine. A budget helps you with wealth building because it's a key or two to help you build wealth. It helps you save for retirement. It helps you with educational, long-term financial security. It helps for those things. Here's number 10. It helps. Watch this now. I'm going to talk about this uh, in February. It improves your relationships. For couples and families. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a budget helps facilitate communication. Amen. It keeps you in unity. This is why you should not make major financial purchases without your spouse being, watch this, knowledgeable of it and in agreement with it. You come home, you don't quit your job. (laughs) Honey, I quit. What? Here's number 11. Having a budget helps you to maintain healthy and accountable stewardship. Watch this, which God uses to financially promote us. So let's go over the budget. What, what, what does a budget look like? So first of all, there, there are several ways to track, you know, your expenses in a budget. Okay. So most banks have their own software. If you log on to your bank, there's probably some type of tool in there to help you manage and track the expenses that you're spending. They probably even have a budget feature in there. Here's what I don't like about using a bank's feature, because if I change banks, now my whole budget stuff is gone. Okay, so I don't necessarily use the one for banks, but the best way to to track your expenses these days is electronically. Now, most listen, there are two. I'm, I'm just, this is not an advertisement. They're not paying me anything. I'm just telling you what I've used, right? Uh, so there are some online software or apps that you can use to help do that. So there are two of them that I'm just going to tell you about real quick. One of them is called Every Dollar, and it's by Dave Ramsey. Now, Dave Ramsey is a Christian uh, financial guy, and, uh, you know, I agree with most of what he teaches. But uh, in this case, he has some software, and it's, watch this. It's free for 14 days. Then after that, you have to make a decision. You're going to pay $129.99. I don't know why they do that. It's $130. $130 for a whole year. Or that's for the big, big one. And then for the premium one, it's $79.99 or $80 a year to use. Now, I will say this. 
uh, Dave Ramsey's budget part of his software is very easy to put together. It'll help you put your budget in, you put your dollars in, whatever it is, your income and all that. And then you put all your, your, your proposed expenses. And then what happens is it, it asks you to put your bank information. It connects with your bank. It's all encrypted. So it's good. It connects with your bank. And you know what happens? Every time you log on now, your new expenses show up and then you, you, you say, okay, that goes here. That goes here. That goes here. Track it, track it, track it. And so now every time you log on, you see, oh wow. Okay. I'm, I'm still in budget right now with my gas. I'm still in budget. See, I got a, I got an item that called give to others. Well, that one, that column is in red right now. So I ain't giving to others no more this month. This is it. This is it. Don't even ask me. It's not going to happen. <laughs> right? Right? Now, there's another one called Rocket Mortgage. Now, I think they used to be called True Bill or something like that. And Rocket Mortgage has a free version, but it's limited, okay? And what's interesting is they have a premium plan, but but they let you pick how much you want to pay. So basically, you can pick between $4 and $12 a month. It depends on what your budget is and what you feel the, the, the value of it is. I'm using both of these where, because Rocket Mortgage do, does a better job in sending what I call updates. Like it'll say, I, I told it to say, hey, when I reach 80% of this area of my budget, please let me know. And it sends me an email. Hey, I mean, guess what? You 80% of your shopping budget, buddy, buddy. It don't say buddy, but it does tell me, right? So it does a better job in uh, giving you that information. Uh, so I'm just telling you so you can go and pick whichever one you want. So you say, well, Pastor Evan, I ain't in all that electronic stuff. How do I factor, how do I manage my budget? Well, first of all, you got to have a budget. So y'all got a copy of a budget. I think they got one. How much time I got? I'm out of time. But can, can they, let's see if they can put a budget up there. Can, oh, here we go. Okay. Now, see how it's broken up so that whole top area is all your income that's coming in. And then you see the expenses. Notice the first one at the top. I know it's not an expense. What did it say? What's the second one? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where you start right there. And then you just work yourself down, right? So I have given out. Did y'all get a copy of a budget when y'all walked in? Okay, good. No excuse. Here we go. So when you fill that thing out, if you are not electronic in nature, then what you're going to do is buy a box of envelopes. Now, most people who have check cards, how many have some expenses already being deducted out of your account? How many got that? And that's why. So watch this. So you don't have to do an envelope for those because they're going to automatically come out. All right. So you already know what that's going to be. But the ones that you got to keep up with, with those check card purchases, what you do is once you find the category, okay, let's say eating out and let's say your budget is $150 a month, right? Then you're going to get an envelope that says eating out and you're going to put $150 on there. And when you go to eat out and they say, would you like a receipt? You're not going to say no. You're going to say, yes, I would like a receipt. And what you're going to do when you get home is put that receipt in that envelope and you're going to write a 
$50 or whatever you paid for your food. And now you got your little balance. And that's what you're going to do on the one. You say, well, Pastor, I don't want all that. You don't want to increase. Because, see, I'm going to tell you something. You can stay in the fifth grade financially all you want to. I'm trying to go to college. I'm trying to get a master's. I'm trying to get a doctorate. I'm trying to get a double doctorate financially. So God can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Here's some more, Evan, because I can trust you with it. Say amen to that. Give the Lord a hand clap for that. So listen, how do we apply this today? I'm through here. Here we're gonna, how do we apply it? Number one, you gotta decide to trust God and his ways over any other way. Because some of y'all still don't trust. Here's number two. Get a budget. You got that today, but now you got to do one. Number three, prioritize your giving. And then if you have to, readjust your living. Don't do it the other way around. I'll give when I can. No, no, no. Because see, it says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the things you need will be added. Here's number four. Utilize a budgeting and tracking system, which I just kind of gave you two ideas on, that best fits your financial structure. And here's the goal. To be able to give an account so that the Lord can increase you because of your faithfulness. Did y'all get anything out of today's message? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, there are some people here watching me and there are some people in the room. Jesus said something very powerful. He says, what good is it if a man gains the whole world and loses soul? There are people in our world every day. There are people that you work with every day.